0: Good afternoon and welcome to Navigating the Transformation to an Enterprise Imaging World, a Health System CIO Media Inc. production sponsored by Highland. Just a little housekeeping before we get started. My name is Anthony Guerra. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Health System CIO, and I will be your moderator today. We do have some interactive features we're looking forward to. One is our agree or over-the-top poll. Uh, we'll also be having questions or comments. You could submit them at any time. Uh, in the Q&A panel in the lower right-hand corner of your screen. Leave the default set to all panelists. And you can download the deck by using the URL on your screen. It's been sent out in the chat box, and it's at the bottom of our slides. Just so you see how we're uh, going to spend our time, we're going to do about 35 to 40 minutes uh, with our main panel discussion featuring Joe Marion, Principal with Healthcare Integration Strategies, Brandon Taggart, Managing Member and Principal Consultant with Confiti Healthcare IT Consulting, and Chris Magyar, Senior Product Manager, Enterprise Medical Imaging with Highland. We've got some very serious imaging experts on the phone today to give you great information and answer your questions so let's jump right into the discussion uh joe let's start with you you want to give me an overview of your organization and your role
1: sure uh, i am a uh, healthcare industry consultant have been in the industry for 43 years uh, and have been a consultant uh, to uh, healthcare providers for the past 20 plus years, uh, primarily in uh, imaging, radiology, cardiology, and uh, more recently enterprise type imaging
2: applications.
0: Very good, Joe,
2: Brandon. Hi, Uh, I've personally been in the imaging space for the better part of the last 20 years. Um, I've been in the consulting space for the last 10. Um, I've had a multitude of different roles that have kind of lend, lend themselves to my ability to uh, deal with both clinical and technical issues that imaging faces. Uh, my company, Confiti, um, is a full service consultant firm based out of Sacramento, California. Uh, we provide specialty consulting specific to enterprise imaging strategy assessment, um, vendor selection, as well as implementation. Excellent, Chris.
3: Uh, hi, um, I guess what am I at? 30 year software engineer by training, 25 years in healthcare, 20 in enterprise imaging. Uh, I've worn a variety of hats anywhere from R&D roles to service roles, uh, marketing, uh, sales consulting, and currently product management. Uh, My organization, Highland, is uh, basically services multiple industries, uh, higher ed, uh, insurance, financial government, and predominantly healthcare. And within healthcare, we offer a combination of uh, content services solution for dealing with clinical patient documentation, as well as back office documentation, uh, the workflows, application integrations, et cetera, and then on the enterprise imaging side, we have a complete portfolio of products, including a, uh, a vendor-neutral archive, uh, a universal diagnostic and clinical viewer, uh, a workflow orchestration engine for diagnosticians, uh, radiologists, and a capture and workflow solution for point-of-care imaging across all the other specialties.
0: All right. Excellent. Let's get into the meat of it. Um... Brandon, I want to start with you. Can you give me a high-level description of the main trends around enterprise imaging?
2: Sure. Um, I think when we think of enterprise imaging, I think the most common thing that comes up is probably talking about VNAs and consolidation of disparate archives throughout uh, enterprises. Um, That also comes in line with image enablement, the EHR, Uh, as well as um, strategies for getting to a a consolidated enterprise viewer. However, I I think one thing that I see in terms of a trend, or at least a best practice, um, is moving towards uh, federation amongst the disparate archives. We see a lot of activity right now amongst organizations, uh, whether they be mergers, acquisitions, or partnerships that need to bring uh, systems together in a very fast fashion. Uh, Typically, uh, traditional data migration is not necessarily the way to go about that. Uh, So now we're moving more to the model of of federation between those disparate archives to a uh, single unified viewer.
0: Interesting. I think we'll I have a feeling we're going to talk more about this idea of federation. Um, But let me get your thoughts, Joe.
1: I think we're at sort of the tip of the iceberg uh, scenario with enterprise imaging. Uh, I think that the challenge that uh, providers face is the fact that imaging extends across many different service lines. And in the context of an overall perspective, uh, areas that normally aren't considered part of. Uh, say an enterprise imaging strategy, but uh certainly the whole question of artificial intelligence and uh work list orchestration and other aspects uh clinical decision support are going to be factors that uh have enterprise perspective as well and will impact how uh strategies are implemented
3: all right, very good, Chris. Um, We're seeing a whole bunch of interesting trends here, Uh, one of which is enterprise imaging starting in specialties outside of radiology, uh, point-of-care imaging specialties that kind of get the organization started, spreading into other specialties, and eventually bringing in cardiology and radiology, which is, I think, quite backwards from what we've seen in the past. Uh, A year ago, I would say that uh, cloud, there was still a pretty strong resistance to cloud strategies. Now we are seeing a lot of interest in closing deals where cloud is a primary requirement of the deal, and this includes both the cloud that we're hosting through Highland, uh, cloud that private cloud that our customers are enabling in, and now we're starting to see some public cloud opportunities uh, manifesting as well. Um, Legacy system replacement and multi-specialty imaging. Uh, People are looking to find uh, imaging systems that can be replaced by a combination of enterprise imaging, uh, universal specialty viewers, VNAs, and whatnot, so trying to reduce the number of the imaging systems that they have in their institution. Reconstructed packs, really bringing together packs out of components, trying to drive the cost out, and again get rid of all those uh, redundant systems that we see in the enterprise. And I want to come back to that that federation idea because this is something that uh, we've been doing a lot of. Uh, we kind of mix the two, multi-tenancy work with our VNA and Viewer, but federating across, federating a Viewer, for example, across many clinical systems, uh, the VNA XDS repositories. Um, uh, on base uh, document management systems, uh, custom web interfaces on top of report repositories, really bringing that all together at the viewer level but you can also do federation at the VNA level as well
0: All right, very good thank you for that um, Chris, we're gonna uh, start with you on here and sort of stick with you. Have you seen any specific movement in the last quarter? Any, you know, we talk about longer term trends, but maybe a, a shorter term or anything you see quickly changing. Um, are things evolving as you had expected over the past few months? And what about the speed at which things are moving? Anything, any thoughts there?
3: Now, to repeat myself, but probably the, the, the strongest thing in the last quarter has been cloud. I literally have had organizations that were stiff-arming us uh, a year ago, and it's now a, a go-no-go point on whether we can support their cloud strategies, and the cloud strategies are all over the map. Um, so, if it, you know, there's no one-size-fits-all solution that we're seeing. Uh, another trend that we're kind of seeing in this thing uh, is this reconstructed packs where organizations are really trying to – it's combinations of uh, health systems and outsourced radiology reading groups that are looking for solutions that kind of meet their their combined needs, and they're they're gluing together things like the VNA and workflow orchestration engines and diagnostic viewers, and building these things out of sort of first class components, uh, which I'd say is kind of different than the deconstructed packs where you're starting with the packs and kind of taking piece factor out of VNA factor out of viewer whatever. It's sort of a different strategy to it, um, and the speed uh I'd say that probably the cloud speed is what is impressing me the most um, It's not nope. just people talking about it it's people driving and making decisions on it that I think in the absence of that motivator may not uh, they may not have made a decision in the time frame that we would expect all right very good joe
1: i would I would tend to agree with what Chris is saying. I think the cloud is probably uh the prime area of activity today. I think that um, in addition to that, there is interest in the universal viewer concept uh, as part of that in the context that it's wonderful to store images, but you have to be able to access them as well. And I think the other aspect that is beginning to heat up more uh, is the whole question of the workflow orchestration. And uh, some of that is going to be driven Uh, next year in the context of at least radiology uh, from the legislation that uh, uh, addresses uh, clinical decision support Uh, so I think there will be more activity in the context of how imaging fits into that and uh, that will ultimately have uh, applicability across more than just radiology and the other service lines
0: very
2: good, Brandon. Uh, I agree with both Chris and Joe. I think I think they have pretty good pulse on on what's going on. Um, uh, the cloud has definitely come up a considerable amount, uh, but there's also I, I think there's a flip side. There's some organizations that are uh, very cloud adverse. Um, mm. I think part of that is still concerns regarding performance. Um, uh, maybe there's 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 lack of education as as we all know that cloud is a very nebulous term that um, it it can mean many different things depending on who you're working with uh, so we, you have to be cognizant of that and, and be careful in your evaluation uh, in terms of evolving as as expected um, I, I guess. Everything kind of happens organically in this in this industry, um, but I would say that nothing really ever happens quickly. Unfortunately, it would be it would be nice if we could we could move much faster within the uh, the enterprise imaging space.
3: I pause on that that cloud subject because I think that's a, that's a very interesting point. I'll make a brief point or two on that. Um, what we're seeing on the resistance to the cloud thing is perhaps. Uh, I agree that there's that resistance, but there's also mechanisms for mitigating that resistance. And I think the 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 two models that I would focus on for dealing with that, one is essentially having a primary instance of your enterprise imaging infrastructure on-site in the primary data center, but as opposed to managing a secondary data center as part of the organization, putting that secondary out in the cloud. So even if you get disconnected, you still control all your data. You still have everything there. But in the event you have a disaster on-site, you can fail over to the, the cloud instance of a solution in a, uh, you know, business uh, uh, continuity type of manner for at least those components. Um, the other one is where everything exists in the cloud. Let's say a primary, secondary VNA viewer, but there's an on-site point of presence, um, you know, with maybe six months, two years of cash on it. Um, so, again, even if you have a catastrophic failure, you get disconnected from the cloud, you can survive on that on-site model. So really, I would consider both of those hybrid cloud models, and we're finding it a somewhat effective way to mitigate some of those concerns. Good points.
0: All right. All right, I want to see if they were going to argue with you, Chris. All right, so we're all getting along. Very good. <laughs> Please. OK. All right, I think this is a fun one, um, and let's see how it goes. Um, Offer an interesting and, of course, uh, anonymized customer story that illustrates a common challenge or best practice, someone you were working with and something they were dealing with that you think is sort of uh, descriptive of larger trends that many may be struggling with. So, Joe, why don't you go first?
1: Sure. I I think um, in a couple uh, situations, both happen to be in the Northeast Uh, where the the project sort of got started in the context of radiology. I need a PACS replacement or whatever. Uh, And once you delve into it, you understand or you find out that uh, not only is radiology storing radiology images, but they're also storing cardiology images. And then you find that uh, through IT that there's some people interested in uh, dermatology uh, images and a better management of those. Uh, so it quickly um, progresses from being, say, strictly a service line sort of issue <clears throat> to one where, at least from the archival and display perspective, it's more of an enterprise-scale solution. And I think that uh, in both of those instances, uh, to Chris's point in the context of the reconstructed packs uh, or some people have referred to it as uh, the decomposition of packs uh it tends to be uh, which elements uh, do you need to focus on so if you already have a well established capability in the sense of advanced visualization uh there's no necessity in the sense of absolutely replacing that uh, particular piece so in in many of those instances i think it tends to be uh, zeroing in on those elements that cut across uh, service lines and can better serve uh, the
2: environment
1: from a, an enterprise perspective.
2: Very good. Brandon? I'm going to probably deviate a little bit from this question because it, it says the word i Unbelievable. I'm- I'm I'm probably going to tell you a boring story, but uh, as to not out any of my clients, I'm going to to tell something that's probably the most common challenge, and and that is with regard to data migration. I don't think it can be understated the importance of not only choosing appropriate data migration vendor and having a lock solid contract language in terms of the deliverables associated with that agreement, but starting that as early as possible Um, in terms of data migration. That needs to be the initial part of the strategic roadmap and something that gets started immediately if uh, if consolidation is on the forefront.
3: All right. Very good. Chris. All right. So. um... I picked a, a, an interesting one that I think is representative of one of the trends that we've seen, but we had a customer who, uh, or prospect at the time, had an Epic EMR. Uh, they had Highland OnBase that they were using for their content services or document management solution. Uh, they were using that solution for documents, clinical documents uh, about the patient, as well as some photo documentation of the patient, uh, which is okay, but I would not consider that a best practice. So they were dealing with uh, the EndoWorks subset, which is a uh, GI um, gastroenterology system that has gone end of life, and uh, basically looking for a, a GI departmental image video capture solution to replace EndoWorks. So we kind of looked at this thing and said, okay, great. You know, we can we can sell you a GI video capture solution. They were thinking about putting those in their doc management solutions, but. I wouldn't consider that really a great way to go. So we help the customer understand the value of an enterprise imaging strategy. And they eventually decided to invest in a vendor-neutral archive, uh, our here point-of-care uh, image and video capture for GI, uh, our Nilreed Universal Clinical Viewer that can deal with viewing and even editing of videos, uh, and then to integrate that with the Epic EMR, and in particular with Epic's Lumen's gastroenterology uh, reporting module. Uh, so basically the, the model there would be capturing images and videos, storing them into the DNA, uh, notifying Epic of the existence of those, uh, and then physicians could basically use the, the Lumen's reporting system uh, and the, either the Epic Viewer or the No-Read Viewer to look at those studies to put images, uh, image thumbnails into the reports Uh, And then to be able to basically access the images, reports, and the full videos uh, through the through the no read enterprise viewer. So I think it's interesting is that they started with gastroenterology, learned the value of an enterprise imaging strategy, and their plan is to move in the future into mobile capture cardiology and radiology after starting with this specialty.
0: Interesting, very interesting. All right. Next question. We're going to go with Brandon first on this: the importance of governance when it comes to these enterprise pro- enterprise projects. And uh, as we had just, you know, talked about uh, imaging moving out of radiology and becoming an enterprise issue. So, if radiology shouldn't lead it, should it be the CIO? And if so, what is radiology's role? And then uh, the sub question of political implications and challenges of sort of extracting that leadership of, uh, and of imaging uh, from radiology and bringing it to an enterprise level. So, Brandon, your thoughts there?
2: Uh, in terms of importance of governance, uh, it's critical. Uh, I think um, that's probably one of the number one mistakes of most organizations is that there is isn't appropriate governance when leading um, an enterprise imaging initiative. Uh, A lot of times radiology is kind of uh, tapped on the shoulder, to kind of lead that endeavor, but that's not always fair because there's a multitude of different workflows that are much different than radiology that that need to be taken into account and appreciated. Um, And you can easily alienate your your other specialty physicians if radiology is leading the charge. So there's there's a double edged sword there. Um, as radiology obviously has kind of cut their teeth in the, uh, the uh, technology environment in terms of our imaging technology currently available. Uh, in terms of leading, uh, I don't know that a CIO would want to lead an endeavor like that. They should definitely be involved and very well aware and also have that um, C-level backing behind any of the initiatives. But uh, you want to definitely make sure that you have somebody well-versed in the imaging space, leading that endeavor, um, that could be the CIO, but typically um, that's that's not always the case. Um, and then radiology's role in that, um, especially since radiology is usually the first to go in terms of any uh, new initiatives, uh, definitely should be consultative in that uh, in that initiative. All right, very good, Chris. Right. Um, I think I'll do. I'm going to share a
3: link in the chat here for uh, an article I thought was well done. Uh, it was a Sim JDI article on enterprise imaging governance, a white paper on this. Uh, if you're interested, please take the time to read that. Um, I think we can't really underestimate the value of governance when it comes to these enterprise imaging projects, and I've seen a couple of strategies for dealing with it. Um, a few points that I'd probably make on this. Um, one is, you know, as you look at the, the investment in shared infrastructure across multiple specialties and multiple facilities, really the question comes, that you know, how do, how do they participate in that, right? Who's going to bear the cost of this thing? Uh, who's, gonna, who's going to participate in the decision-making processes for it? Uh, I found one organization that did a – they created a rotating council, an enterprise imaging council, And the CIO had a seat, and the head of every department uh, that had a current interest in investing in that space uh, also had a seat, It's sort of a rotating group. So at different times, different departments have uh, different levels of expertise, uh, availability of champions, motivators. So basically the plan was to rotate people in and out of this council based on their kind of current level of interest and demand. They also set up something where there were going to be no enterprise imaging infrastructure or imaging enterprise imaging expenditures, including devices, systems, you name it, that didn't go through that council. Uh, So basically, they had the final approval. So departments and whatnot could buy whatever they want, but if they wanted enterprise level investment uh, from the organization's budget, they were going to have to go through the council to get it. Uh, And the last one was kind of the side effect of this, which was. It was a deliberate strategy of attrition for systems that were not interoperable with that organization's enterprise imaging strategy. Uh, So, basically, you could continue to run maintenance on your old systems that didn't integrate well, but if you wanted to replace and refresh them, uh, the council would look at your proposed solution, determine whether it integrated well as part of the enterprise imaging strategy or not, and if it did not integrate appropriately, you weren't going to get funding. So they were just—they weren't getting rid of anything per se, but they weren't letting anybody refresh anything that wouldn't fit into the overall larger strategy. I thought it was an interesting way of, of tackling the problem.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting, Joe.
1: I think uh, it's sort of a dichotomy in the sense that uh, individual service lines obviously have their uh, own perspective to things and. Uh, their own needs relative to storage and, and display capabilities. I think that uh, beyond that, part of the issue is is that uh, it also is a function uh, of uh, demand or want or drivers. Uh, so if, uh, if you don't have a driver, there isn't much point in having uh, governance or any kind of committee to drive it. Uh, The the basis of a uh, broad uh, governance body, I think, is uh, a function of the fact that uh, there are a lot of different requirements outside of radiology uh, that uh, radiology could care less about. So in the context of different image formats and whatever, uh, they may become more significant and, and bigger drivers. Uh, And I think to to the point Chris was making in the context of other areas that might uh, be uh, popping up that demand or need an enterprise uh, perspective, uh, that's why I think the broad basis of a a multidisciplinary group is necessary. The glue that sort of hangs that all together or where it all comes back uh, on their shoulders obviously is IT. So IT really needs to be an integral part of that and act uh, potentially as maybe uh, an arbiter uh, if the requirements uh, tend to vary from one place to another.
3: I think there's, there's an interesting tension within the IT and the radiology, right? I mean, IT obviously understands enterprise infrastructure best, but they tend to not understand or value tools and workflows very well. radiology has got the best background in imaging informatics and has got the best infrastructure, you know, dealing with everything from ordering systems to risks and modalities and tax and reporting systems and viewers. They've been doing this the longer, and you're probably most likely to come up with a savvy champion from radiology, but the question becomes how many of those individuals are interested in trying to address the imaging needs of the the organization as a whole as opposed to focusing on the needs of radiology. Right. So it's kind of a it's kind of a double edged sword. You love to have that talent from radiology, but you run the risk of them being radiology centric. And then some of the other uh, service lines don't like their they're concerned that radiology won't take care of their needs. Right. There's there's a certain fear factor associated with giving up too much control in that space.
2: Brandon or Joe, any thoughts there? Yeah, I think I think Chris is exactly right. I mean, it, it's it, how dare I say it, it's it's a rare bird to find uh, an individual or individuals that are are capable of working in a, a multi-specialty space, uh, especially within imaging informatics. Um, I, I think that's that's one of the the key um, kind of stumbling blocks of our, our industry and multiple organizations is that we feel the need to continually segment because uh, there isn't the clinical know-how that, that goes across the service lines. So uh, it's, it's definitely a real problem. And I can be honest with you, other than, <laughs> this is not a plug, but other than consultants, I don't know where to find uh, individuals that have that multitude of experiences. It's very hard to find in most organizations.
3: Yeah, you know, I think the. Bigger, Joe, anything you want to. Uh, oh, Chris, go ahead. Go on, just, Chris. just in terms of where you find them, like the the larger institutions, the academic medical centers, the research oriented, the more cutting edge ones, you're likely to find those thought leaders that are trying to put their thumb on the scales and how this thing goes. But when you move into uh, more operationally centric organizations, I think I would agree they are they are hard to come by. Joe, I, know you I got I something would. else to say there.
1: Sure, I I would agree. I think that uh, the other uh, dilemma is in the context of the differing requirements for images. So radiology has uh, maybe – radiology and cardiology are somewhat unique in the context that uh, they are evaluating images and uh, providing an opinion, whereas once you move outside of those uh, service lines and you get into – uh, areas such as dermatology or wound care or whatever. Uh, they're in a treatment mode, and uh, their need or access and use of images uh, may tend to be more internalized than uh, what a radiology or cardiology uh, does. So I think that that's uh, an aspect that has to be taken into account as you um, plan or configure uh, different system con- uh, systems
0: all right very good i want to get to a few uh audience questions right now so the first question is when will we begin to see the expanded use of xds and xdsi um chris let me start with you
3: well we're seeing it today in uh other countries that have mandated it um we give a excellent visibility into this because we offer a full Uh, XDS stack in here, everything from patient identity managers to registries, repositories, uh, imaging sources, consumers, uh, gateways, and all the interfaces in there. Um, In the U.S., I think it's kind of interesting we're seeing uh, organizations like Epic leveraging XDS internally in their uh, exchange mechanisms. And we're also seeing uh, organizations in the U.S. that want to store the images that are acquired uh, by, by native devices, they want to store them natively without necessarily creating a DICOM encapsulation or wrapper for them, requiring a DICOM viewer. So, the, uh, the kind of the overhead associated with dropping a document into an XDS infrastructure is pretty light relative to DICOM in some ways. Um, and this may be a peculiarity of our solution since we have a full DICOM and XDS stack. Uh, we have people choosing to put all of those uh, documents into the XDS repository, which then lets you use a registry that federates across multiple repositories, have a viewer that sees across DICOM and XDS, um, and delivers kind of an effective solution. So I think it's a slow specialty trend in the U.S., but a viable option. It's absolutely a necessity uh, in EMEA and Canada and we're seeing a lot of depth going on with things like uh, uh, XDR and uh, uh, basic patient privacy consent mechanisms and things uh, dealing with uh, sensitive documents, like all the the richer workflows that I think XDS really didn't support to begin with. Uh, We're seeing increasingly savvy organizations specifying those things out in excruciating detail. And if you can't basically meet their needs, They're not buying from you.
0: Very good. Uh, Joe or Brandon, any thoughts on that question?
1: Yeah, I I would tend to agree with uh, Chris in the context that um, I use one example of a Canadian situation where the provincial, uh, the province uh, had a a PACS system of their own. And yet, in the uh, contracted services, which most of their outpatient procedures are done through uh, contracted services, uh, they had a different system. And the uh, dilemma was is that the uh, provincial uh, administration wanted to bring all of those images into their system and charge those individual people uh, the cost of that. And it was suggested to them that uh, by going with uh, something like XDS and the, the notion of a repository uh, they could and a, and a registry, uh, they could have multiple repositories and a common registry, and that was an approach that perhaps would uh, alleviate the need to bring everything into the provincial system, but still provide that uh, accessibility they were looking for.
0: Brandon, any thoughts?
2: I think I think Joe and Chris bring up very good points um, one of the things and maybe not mention any noticed about XDS is there's there's a lot of uh, Acquirement of XDS environment registries are being populated but uh, they're not always being utilized as they were originally procured. Um, and I think that was that was kind of touched on a little bit but uh, the other problem is 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 this kind of an understanding with XDS especially XDSI that uh, other organizations would acquire it as well because it's, you know, in terms of an exchange environment, you would expect the other organization to have XDSI as well. And that's not always the case because most of the exchange that we see occurring, whether it is to larger IDNs, which sometimes occur, it's usually a bunch of smaller clinics or uh, outpatient imaging centers, and they don't necessarily have those capabilities. So there's still some some issues that we need to work out to, uh, a little more efficient with our image exchange environments
0: all right very good next audience question with the ability to federate across unaffiliated systems do any of you see a time when radiological professional services will be offered as a rules based open marketplace Joe
1: wow
3: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs)
1: I, I guess I'm uh, maybe You're stunned. eventually You're speechless. I think that well I think I think that eventually we may see some of that uh, the difficulty is in the context that uh, there is so much consolidation going on uh, it may not be necessarily across systems but systems trying to consolidate just within themselves uh, so uh, I i my healthcare provider in Southeast Wisconsin is going through that right now in the context of uh, having merged with a large provider uh, from Northern Illinois. So uh, I think we will see more of that. I think that the need for professional services uh, is going to increase to address that um, because there will be more and more uh, need to um, federate that information.
2: Brandon, thoughts? I, can can you restate that question? I I, I wasn't expecting
0: I that one. I can. <laughs> no, no, that's an audience question. This is our very bright uh, audience the, that uh, sends an fantastic.
3: Open up the right, Q&A section. You can read it.
0: Uh, that's right. That's right. But I'll read it for you anyway, Brandon. With the ability to federate across unaffiliated systems, do you – do any of you see a time when radiological professional services will be offered as a rules-based open marketplace?
2: Uh, I think – I mean, yeah. So now that makes context for what what Joe stated. Um, I think that's probably a a long time coming. Uh, I I would imagine there's going to be some political – push before, uh, before the point at which we, we get to something of, of that nature. I think we're going to continue to have uh, kind of a, a same system as, as we have currently. But that is, that is definitely an, an interesting thought.
0: All right. Very good. Um, Chris?
3: Um, I think there's a lot of technical and competitive and whatnot challenges before we'll be able to go to that place. Um, What I am seeing is richer sets of outsourced reading groups reaching out across organizations, competing with each other within an organization. Uh, I'm seeing larger organizations that are geographically distributed, set up uh, sort of centralized and remote reading services. So um, like off hours reading, all going to a centralized place or the local guys handling what they can do, but they're maybe not expanding new hires in that particular area. So there's, it's sort of, there's stuff happening kind of like within organizations and across reading groups. But I think the idea of having it like an open marketplace where different legal entities competing with each other for reads, uh, no time in the near future, but it's an interesting idea.
0: All right. Very good. We are going to go with our fun, agree, or over-the-top poll So you should see that poll open now, and let's go go ahead and uh, answer those three questions now. The concept here, agree or over the top. These are extreme statements and want to see what you think of them. So enterprise imaging is nowhere near as top of mind with CIOs as it should be. Do you agree with that, or do you think that's over the top? The main EMRs are far from optimally configured to present images in the normal clinician workflow. Do you agree with that, or is that over the top? And all health systems must eventually, must eventually move to an enterprise imaging approach. So go ahead and answer that, and then um, I'm going to have each one of our panelists give their opinion so of of each point. So Brandon, take the first one. Now you have to take a stand first. So do you agree with that or is it over the top and then you can feel free to qualify your answer?
2: I would say it over the top. Okay. Can I can I More clarify thoughts. now?
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh I would I would say that would be maybe a fair statement um in the past maybe in the past five years, Uh, I've noticed a a clear uh, change as of late with regard to CIOs and their awareness of the importance of enterprise imaging. Um, So I think the CAD's out of the bag. Um, I think providers have been very clear with their CIOs in terms of the expectations, and um, they're starting to move in the right direction to address it.
0: All right. All right. Very good. Next point, we're going to put this one to Joe. The main EMRs are far from optimally configured to present images in the normal clinician workflow. What do you say, Joe? Uh,
1: I I think it could be perceived as a trick question.
0: You've got to pick, buddy. EMR, um,
1: I, I, would, I would disagree in the context that the EMR is optimally configured. But if you consider the fact that uh, most EMRs can be image-enabled, then I would have to agree with the statement that they can be configured to do so. It's just a question of actually doing it. And uh, just to comment back on the first one, again, about enterprise imaging, uh, I'm not so sure it's over the top as much as it is the question of what's the driver. Uh, so it, it's not at the CIOs uh, top of their list right now because what's the what's the purpose in doing it? I think that uh, that's still the the primary issue here is is that uh, facilities have to come to grips with uh, what's what's driving the need for a true enterprise imaging environment.
0: Now that leaves you, Chris, for the last one. All health systems must. Eventually move to an enterprise imaging approach. Do you agree with that,
3: or is that over the top? I think I think I'm going with Joe's trick question, but uh, I'll, no, I'll come on, you best. guys are unbelievable. I, say, I, I I agree. I agree that over time they will, um, but okay. I'll qualify that some in the short term uh, for for especially for smaller organizations. I'd say it's over the top. They just can't deal with it. They have too many challenges. They're trying to maintain their independence. They got budgetary challenges, etc. Um, longer-term, looking at enterprise imaging, and I'm going to go broad here and say not just medical imaging, but document imaging, clinical uh, images uh, about the patient, uh, and dealing with the entire span of unstructured content, medical imaging or not, um, the notion of leaving all these uh, service lines out to fend for themselves with no imaging infrastructure support uh, is going to be implausible over time. Right, uh, I think it's just going to be an ex- expectation that the organization provides that infrastructure, provides some way of supporting the uh, the scheduled workflows, the encounter-based workflows, uh, deals with image identification, storage, universal viewing. Uh, you know, just like today, you would not think of running a radiology operation without a PAX. I think that, uh, in your words, eventually, uh, enterprise imaging is just going to be just as common as a PACS is today.
0: All right, very good. Well, we're going to share our poll results, so you should see those now. Uh, Point number one, enterprise imaging is nowhere near as top of mind as it should be with the CIOs. 67% agree with that statement. Uh, The main EMRs are far from optimally configured for image uh, workflow. 78% agree with that, and all health systems must eventually move to an enterprise imaging Approach sixty seven percent agree with that. Very good. All right, now one of my favorite parts, ask a co-panellist, Chris. I'm gonna let you ask your co-panelist a question first.
3: All right um, i'm gonna I'm gonna ask Brandon here because I get to spend a little bit more time with Joe. Uh, how do you see the evolution of enterprise imaging acceptance over time? kind of looking past, present, future? And how do you see, kind of, over right along with that, the the evolution of the sophistication of enterprise imaging implementations in the field?
2: Oh, good question. Okay, so from a from a past perspective, I, I think I think all all three of us have lived this. Um, you know, it started out very simple, and, and the idea and the concept of the V&A, which seems new to some, but it's it's been around for you know, over a decade, over, well, even more than that. Uh, I was writing the, the first one, two be, decades ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, really. Uh, it, it's been a long, long time coming. So the DNA, which I it, still, I, I say it on a regular basis, that's a horrible acronym to describe a system that does so much more. <laughs> But uh, the VNA was kind of the, the starting point for that of having a centralized archive. That was the that was the understanding uh, it was sold with the thought process that you would never have to do a data migration again, which is a complete fallacy, but sounded good. Um, <clears throat> and then consolidating, you know, having a, a single repository for all of your your clinical data, uh, then stacking on top of that your your um, your PAC solution or multitude of PAC solutions. Then we got more into the consolidation model still really focused on the radiology specialty. Uh, again, radiology is always kind of the, uh, the first to cut their teeth on these sorts of things in terms of technology. And then, and then we started to see the, uh, the movement towards um, cardiovascular systems and those being stacked on top of the DNA as well. And then a, right around the same time, a heavy influence in terms of image enablement, uh, that tied in with the EHR. Uh, I think we still, uh, strangely enough, struggle with, with some of these things that at this point seem so very basic. Um, but uh, again, we, we have to walk before we can run. So there's, there's a lot of things that still need to be done out there in the enterprise. Some organizations are doing this incredibly well, way beyond this. And now we are at that point uh, we, we got to the point of um, deconstructed packs, where we started to segment all of the components, the workflow, or now we use the term orchestrator components um, from the packs, where we segmented out the viewer and tied that to string directly from the VNA. Uh, it allowed us a level of flexibility that I think is still uh, very useful today. Um, and now we're seeing this uh, kind of um, reconsolidation of PACs coming back together or even a, a single centralized platform with the uh, workflow component being tied into the VNAs, or being tied into the PAC solution again or having a multitude of different uh, solutions so that you can have adaptability given the organization's specific needs. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen next. But what I'm I'm gathering is right now it's a consolidation for simplicity to a single database. But there's still a lot of use cases for what we talked about earlier in terms of federation. So I know this sounds all over the place, but I think Mm -hmm. the industry as a whole (laughs) is is still very much in many different places. I mean, we can Mm -hmm. see trends, but uh, it's really a uh, solution – specific to the organization and their particular needs. I I still stand by that to this day.
0: Joe, you want to jump in? Any thoughts?
1: Sure. Uh, On that topic or you want me to ask a new question?
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Well, uh, whatever you prefer. I'll give you opportunity to either, either comment on that question or if you want to ask something.
1: Well, a question to uh, Chris, I know we've probably talked about this, but in essence uh, the the question relates to the convergence of document and imaging, and I'll relay a a prime example of that. I worked with a facility out on the West Coast where uh, they were wrestling with uh, implementing a new EHR uh, in the context of EPIC, and in the orthopedic area they would routinely take pictures of orthoscopic exams and uh, put those in the patient folder. And it was uh, fun watching them when they realized that the patient folder, the the old mechanical folder, was going away. And the question was, how were they going to preserve all of what they had previously captured as well as how were they going to do that in the future in an electronic environment? So I'm just sort of curious as to how uh, Chris feels about that.
3: So this, is, this is an interesting puzzle that we see quite often. Um, Highland has no less than three different doc management systems in its portfolio with OnBase uh, uh, perceptive content that was co- required and, and McKesson uh, One content also acquired. So we see people using a variety of proprietary repositories for uh, medical images outside the, the standard DICOM PAX DNA space. Uh, they put things in their doc management systems. And they come sort of, you know, how does the world of uh, content services from a document management-centric perspective um, handle running into enterprise imaging kind of colliding together? So there, what we found is there's no one right size fits all for people. But we do have some, some general guidance. Um, images about the patient clinical documentation, uh, uh, surgery results, consults, uh, uh, ID records. There's just countless just the, the examples of documents uh, about the patient really seem to fit best inside the document management or content services system. Uh, images of the patient tend to go best in a VNA, although you can debate whether they should go into DICOM or XDS. Uh, one or the other, or in some cases, both. Um, The real question here becomes, what's the clinician experience look like? And I think at the end of the day, we want a single pane of glass. If if the clinician is living inside the EMR and seeing the primarily discrete data that uh, EMRs handle, and they can get to all the unstructured content, those documents about the patient, and they can get to the images of the patient with the appropriate tools for viewing those images, uh, whether you're you know, a generalist, a specialist, a radiologist, with whatever tool set is appropriate for you, if you can get to all of that data at the same time from a single pane of glass somewhat seamlessly, you solve the problem. Depending on where you're coming from and how aggressively you want to get there, there's a variety of strategies for making that happen. But I think that the end goal is pretty much the same regardless. All right, very good.
0: Well, that's about all we had time for today. What a great, great discussion. Like I said, you're not going to get more imaging expertise in one place uh, a lot of the time. That was uh, well done. Uh, Regarding continuing education, those of you who hold the CHIME CHCIO certification get one CEU for attending our events. If you've asked uh, us to let CHIME know you were here, we certainly will. Uh, Otherwise, make sure you let them know. Uh, If you need a certificate of attendance for another CEU program, you can use the final slide in this deck. You'll receive an email when the on demand recording of this event is ready and posted. If you'd like to sponsor one of our upcoming events or book a custom event, you could reach out to Nancy Wilcox from our team and you can go to our site to register for upcoming webinars. With that, I want to thank our panel Joe Marion, Brandon Taggart, and Chris Magyar. And I want to thank Highland very much for sponsoring this event. I want to thank you, of course, our attendees for continuing to come to our events. And with that, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, everyone.